We are actually living in a time, such a time in America, uh, that uh, when good is called evil, and evil is actually called good, and nowhere is this fact more blatantly revealed than with the onslaught of the sexual perversion from the LB, uh, LGBTQIA plus movement that has now really fully infiltrated not only our public schools, but also our colleges and every other aspect of our lives, it would seem. And it is definitely taking its toll on our youth. If you happen to be one of the many devastated parents trying to save your child from this kind of poisonous spider's web, you need to equip yourself with the right tools to bring your precious child back into the normal world. It isn't easy to do, but it is essential and it most certainly can be done if you know what you're doing. And today, I'd like to introduce to you someone who is a parent who has had his act together, again, along with his wife, and he has succeeded. He has fully succeeded in redeeming his son from a life of total despair and destruction. And when you hear this story, I think you're going to be very, very encouraged. His strategy of redemption worked. And it can absolutely work for you, too. You're listening to Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise. The goal of this show is to simply unify us as Christians and as patriots and as people who simply want to be good and to do good, to follow God's guidelines for our lives. I'd now like to introduce you to a very special guest and actually an old military friend, Mr. Mark Westman. Mark is currently a minister of a church in Oklahoma. He is an Air Force veteran and he is uh, married and has two children. One of those children, his son, was subjected to the abuses of sexual perversion that every parent fears and everyone can benefit from his story. His message, I think, is very powerful and his advice can help you as a parent or perhaps you as a grandparent who is facing similar challenges of saving your child or grandchild from the evils of transsexualism and all the sexual perversion that they are actually confronted with every day. So, Mark, I'd like to welcome you today to the show. I am so glad to have you here with me. Well, hello, Stephen. It's good to hear you, sir. Thank you very much. So, Mark, you have apparently, uh, you know, I have not experienced this m myself, but I would say this absolutely must have been a living hell for you. Uh, I suppose that short of suicide, there is nothing more devastating to parents than to hear that your child has decided to have a sex change operation and wants to be converted from one sex to another. Can you tell me what that was like when you first learned that your son wanted to become a woman? What was your first reaction? Well, honestly, my first reaction was I thought it was a joke. Uh, Noah likes to, uh, since he was a little boy, has always kind of played uh, played pranks on us and stretch the truth bigger than life. And at first we thought it really was just Noah being Noah. 
because uh, he's got a good sense of humor. That's one thing we do enjoy about him. And um, no, it became very apparent very quickly. Uh, this was no joking matter. And uh, it, it, it really does tip your whole world upside down. And, and if you remember when I first learned about it, uh, you know, I reached out to you to talk to you about this and to try to get some medical advice from you about it as well. Uh, because I was, you know, it's one thing to uh, read about it. It's one thing to hear about it, but it's another thing to have it in your face and in your family. It tips sure. your world way upside down. I mean, it is unbelievable because you just can't believe it. You know, this is this kid that you'd raised obviously from a baby. And, and now he's telling you that he doesn't believe he is a male and you just kind of, you're just taken back by it, I guess. It's a, it, it, you know, you first, you think it's Noah was fooling around with this. And then you, you get to that place where you really believe this can't be happening. This can't, it's, you almost go into a, a denial. This will just go away. If we just leave it alone, it'll go away. Well, it wasn't going away. And, right. Well, uh, well, listen, did is, uh, I mean, is your son, the kind of a guy who, um, you would think might one day have an issue with this. I mean, was this a little uh, scrawny, effeminate type of guy or what? No. The, now, let me get, and that's a good question, actually. Noah, when he was being raised, was like his father. I was a, a late bloomer. And I thought Noah was very uh, small for his age. And he was, to be honest, uh, picked on pretty ruthlessly like I was. But unlike me, Noah was a very sensitive little boy his whole life. Noah, even as an adult, is an a very sensitive uh, young man. It's one of his traits, one of his good traits, by the way. And uh, whereas me, well, I was picked on ruthlessly, uh, I fought back. Of course, those were, back, those were in the days when you could fight back in school. There wasn't zero tolerance like there is with him. And uh, he was picked on and there was some abuse that occurred on top of that, that we just didn't really know the full extent because that all ended his eighth grade year. Noah shot up from being very small to about six foot four and 250 pounds. And believe me, the, the, we just thought, well, hey, he's, he had this incredible growth spurt. Uh, he uh, was a huge guy. And uh, obviously the teasing and the bullying went away because who's going to pick on a six foot four, 250 pound kid. <laughs> but we just did not realize um, deep down in his heart and in his mind and his spirit, the damage that had been inflicted. We just did not comprehend that. Noah started getting into Mary's clothing that, you know, we, Mary would go into our closet and all of a sudden she realized things were move things were wrong and uh clearly our daughter wasn't living with us she's in michigan and with her family and then we just started connecting dots and uh and then basically noah just kind of came out and told us he uh, insisted that um that we call him noel and then what was really interesting is he was dropping bombs uh, on social media. And then some of our friends see, I'm not on Facebook. I just won't get on that place. That's not me mm -hmm. at all. And he started posting stuff. And then I had friends from former churches, church leaders saying, do you know what your son is posting? And it was just like, no, what is Noah posting? 
And, uh, and then, so that was one of the ways we found out through the back door. And so he was kind of doing it online and connecting with, you know, the online world, which obviously he was finding people out there that affirmed it and celebrated it. And that of course did what it reinforced in him. He was on the right path uh, and being um, uh, confused and, and, but eventually, you know, he, he does surface and he's telling us, you know, and insisting, absolutely insisting that we call him by his new name. And um, Mary wow. and I just said, that isn't going to happen. Now, what, what age did this happen at? I mean, when did he come out of the closet, so to speak, and reveal himself? Oh, fully, I would say for us, it was just a couple of years ago. And he's okay, and how, how old was he then? Uh, he'd be about 21, 20, yeah, about 20, yeah, 21, 22, somewhere in that neighborhood, somewhere in there. And it got a little bit more complicated because he eventually goes off to college and he went to uh, uh, Oklahoma Central College or university, excuse me. And there on, you know, Oklahoma, everybody has this impression and rightly so that Oklahoma is a very conservative Bible believing state. It is no ifs, ands or buts about, you know, the joke is Oklahoma is the buckle of the Bible belt. No doubt about it. Some of the biggest churches in America and biggest ministries are in Oklahoma, but the universities have really overreacted to that. And in my opinion, and they have gone ultra liberal, many of the universities and Noah got uh, literally hired into the women's study department. And you can only imagine how they started playing on his mind. And uh, as a result of that, through the school, and, and when Mary and I learned that this was more serious, we sought out uh, psychological help for Noah. And actually, the psychologist worked against us and affirmed it, that this was a good and wonderful thing for him to be doing. And uh, yeah, oh yeah. And it was that, that just set us back on our heels. And so, then, so what you're telling me then is that um, mm -hmm. he was once assaulted or, or at least once. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. And, and this was a sexual assault. Is that correct? It was both. It's bullying and the whole nine yards. Okay. Okay. So you have kind of the perfect storm. Oh yeah. And absolutely. So this, so he probably reached out for help somewhere along the line, but what you're telling me is that it seems like everywhere he would turn, including on the internet, on social media, in school, and that would be either high school or college. All he got was positive reinforcement for the pursuit of a perversion. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Everything how, did you was... how did you come to pick a counselor for him? Because you said that worked against you. Well, I, that's a good question um, because I did not do that. His mother did. And supposedly this counselor was going to counsel from a, a Judeo-Christian worldview. But you, <laughs> you and I both know uh, there's a big difference in how people perceive a Judeo-Christian worldview. Uh, and uh, just, it's that old step, it's that old line, just because you sleep in a garage doesn't make you a car. Just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean you are a Christian. Amen. Absolutely. And, and this woman really encouraged Noah 
that, uh, you know, you should go down this path. And then a uh, medical doctor said, we're still not quite sure how all that came together, to be honest with you. Somehow through the school, through the university, a doctor gets involved and they start literally start the hormone replacement. And that's when I really called you and I spoke to you because I was quite concerned about what these were going to do. And of course, you know, far better than I do. Uh, but we saw what it was doing to him uh, psychologically. We saw what it was doing to him physically. And it just, even at college, it sent him into a tailspin. But interestingly okay, before enough, you. One second, mm-hmm. but can I interrupt you? Just before you go sure. there, I, I just want to, to have this point clarified. Now, you, you said he had been going to doctors. Um, did he have a primary physician, you know, a family doctor or anything like that? Was a referral made or no. how did he get in touch with the treatment uh, for hormone uh, replacement? Through the school, through the university. Through the university. So he went to a university doctor. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And from there. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a, a scary thing for any parent. And of course, we know that our uh, liberal education system is most certainly a breeding ground for uh, for this, uh, the promotion of this perversion. I can say for myself that as a physician, when I had um, a child uh, come into my practice and a parent or grandparent tells me, well, Johnny wants to become Mary. Um, I, as I uh, try to deal with that in the right way, the responsible way, and the biological and scientific way, um, I actually was putting my head on a chopping block because, it, mm-hmm. you know, we have been instructed uh, as uh, as a, an educational or as a medical institution to promote it. I mean, when you see articles coming out of say the new England journal of medicine saying that we should not designate a sex of a child at birth, you know, you know that there's something really seriously wrong with the system. And there was in fact, that uh, article that came out with the new England journal of medicine. And so, you know, there's great pressure against physicians. And I was actually in a, a, uh, at a, um, a point where I thought I was going to be actually sued a few times for simply counseling uh, young ladies or young men to say, you know, uh, you need to rethink this because your genetics is predetermined. You are either a male or a female. And what you're trying to do is not natural. You are trying to defy all of the laws of, of the natural world, and it, you're going to pay a price. And oh, of course, yeah. So, you know, I, I was uh, certainly at risk for paying a price for speaking the truth. And of course, that's been happening a lot to uh, many doctors nowadays. So anyway, you you had him referred to uh, what kind of a doctor? Was it an endocrinologist? Uh, do you know that did the hormone uh, treatments? Yeah, that we don't know to this day. The university, obviously, because he's a grown man. He's because he's an older student. He's 21, 22 years old at the university. And so. What really did it, in my opinion, is because he's got this, this dysphoria going on in his head and in his heart, and he gets hired in at the women's study at the university. And, of course, they're encouraging him to dress like a girl. Uh, Very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, he's walking around campus sometimes with a dress on, and he's getting all these accolades for being brave and strong and 
you know, and you and I both know that in, in another time, that is not brave and strong. That would have been considered a psychological disorder. Absolutely, uh, it would. Yes. When I was getting my degree in psychology back in the day, uh, it was very, in my abnormal psychology class, I can remember my professor talking about these behaviors, and they were definitely considered abnormal. Yeah, a, a true neurosis. And it was very right. sad and, to see that. Right. And now it's just the opposite now. Uh, and, you know, we're supposed to praise this and, and encourage this kind of behavior. Um, there's always been a lot of debate about whether or not uh, anything deviating from the heterosexual normal, what was considered normal for ages and ages, um, <laughs> it's been suggested that when people really find themselves and decide, oh, I'm really not a male, I'm a female, they seem to be so much more together and happier and, and they feel better about themselves. Do you think that Noah was this way? Was he happier? Was he brighter? Was he just more fulfilled uh, when he decided to declare himself a female? I think at first he did, yes, because he's getting so much positive feedback for being brave and cutting edge and la da 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 da. Uh, but I think in time, particularly as the hormones, the hormone replacement started to work on him, uh, uh, that that started to change. Clearly, he was getting. I mean, this is a big, you know, back in the old days, they call him a you know type one alpha looking male, and clearly. Uh, these drugs uh, were having their effects on him and they were not good. Uh, and you told me that this would happen. And I articulated that to him. And he, he literally, these doctors said, your doctor friend doesn't know what he's talking about, believe it or not, that they literally told him he had nothing to worry about that. You, Steve, uh, were just a fanatic fringe doc who didn't know what you were talking about. These drugs will have very minimal effect. And that just did not pan out to be true. No, it doesn't. It's a devastating thing. Um, So you actually, I mean, you tried to reach out for help. Did you find any sources of support for you and your wife? Uh, Within our church, definitely. Uh, Because by then, uh, I felt that it was really particularly when things didn't work out the university, Noah was forced to move back home with us. And with him living in our home, I just really felt it was important to let the church know what was going on. It's a small country church, but the folk here were just fantastic. And they really were, they understood because, you know, I think everybody's had problem with their kids on one level or another. And so our church family really, really was supportive of us. They, uh, uh, Noah became a topic of prayer for them. And I know that helped. And uh, so that was good. And then, of course, I had people like you in my life and uh, friends from other churches that were in our corner as well. So that was very, very helpful. Very helpful. But for me, the most important thing is, is uh, my wife and I both just decided to stand in the truth of scripture and stand in the truth of the science. And we were not going to compromise. Okay, well, we're gonna, I want to get into that in, in a little uh, bit later. Mm-hmm. But there was, I want to bring up one other thing that you had actually mentioned to me in a yes. discussion. In an earlier discussion, you mentioned that your son who was interested in becoming a female um, Uh actually had a girlfriend. Could you talk about that a little? Yes. He actually had a couple, uh, which is interesting. Uh, 
why he's, and I have found out talking to other parents who have gone through this, uh, that that's not unusual. It's a very, it, it just shows you where the confusion is. It shows you the spiritual and the psychological uh, darkness and confusion that's here. Cause here he is, he's making a transition. He's claiming yet he's got a girlfriend and, and uh, to tell you a story about that, it was his birthday and we had taken him and his girlfriend out to dinner and we're sitting there with him in this restaurant. And I happened to mention to Noah, I said, son, it's, it's, it's good to be here with you celebrating your birthday. And his girlfriend got noticeably upset. I mean, furious. And she came after me and said, well, how dare you call him your son? He's not your son. He's your daughter. And I, you know, I corrected her you know, right there on the spot. I just said, no, no, no. He is our son. He will always be our son. And she was very, very offended. And then, and then she was wanting Noah to defend himself and insist that we call him by whatever those new pronouns are. And Noah knew better at that point. Noah knew that was, that was a no start with me. And he just <laughs> told the girlfriend, um, just let this drop, just drop it. And, uh, and she just kind of folded her arms and got very quiet for the rest of the dinner. And Mary and I, and Noah continued uh, to have a pleasant evening together. Uh, so that kind of shows you, yeah, he did have a girlfriend. He actually had two. Okay, so so this one girlfriend was there anything unique about her? I mean, was she normal, or did she have no, certain well, uh, beliefs yeah, that she, went along with her? Yeah, uh, yeah, she had some interesting things in her background. Um, the first girlfriend, uh, uh, she was a, a Wiccan, and uh, again, th this girl. And can you explain what that is, Mark? Yes, uh, Nick, uh, a Wiccan is what we would call the true religion of quote unquote witches. Uh, it's an, a very old religion, obviously, uh, where um, particularly it's very appealing to young people, particularly young girls, because who don't feel that they can control the environment around them. Wiccan comes along and says, you know, you do the incantations, you do whatever you got to do. And Wiccan, you can gain control and literally command the world around you. And uh, she was very much into Wiccanism and uh that was interesting to say the least, but yay, we shared Christ with her and, and uh, she did listen and that's uh, praise God for that. Um, and then, so he's got these girls that he's dating are ultra liberal, very into what is uh, I, I consider it a postmodern mindset and there's no such thing as truth and that whole mindset mindset. And you determine your own truth and truth is not outside you and holy text given to us by God. It's truth is what you determine. And of course, the big line is as long as you're not hurting anyone. And I confronted her with that. I said, but your truth is hurting me and my wife. So what, what, uh, what do you mean? You can do anything you want to do as long as you're not hurting anybody. Well, this is hurting us. And boy, she got really upset about that as well. <laughs> so she was yeah. offended by that. Statement. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. But okay, again, so I, yeah, it my sounds son, like uh, my son put a, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. So that, thank you for reminding me that, that uh, I forgot about that. But, uh, but it is, um, it's a very unusual place to be because, you know, here's this 
boy or young man telling you he wants to be Noel, but he's got a girl in his arm. And it's, it is, it just shows you where they get with their mindset. Uh, right. Was uh, Noah actually showing any uh, interest in the same sex in other males or was, did he always he, just have girlfriends? Girlfriends. If he did, he has never articulated that to us. Um, so that part he, cause I've asked him and he's always said no, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I don't, you, you know how that goes. Maybe one day he'll tell us another story, but I don't know. Uh, okay. So, so uh, now Noah was raised in your family. You are a minister. Obviously, uh-huh. Noah has heard the word of God, I am oh, assuming. Yeah. He's um, a repented and baptized believer. Man, okay. Came, and uh, did he ever struggle with that, with his Christianity? I mean, knowing what the Bible said, or did he have to just toss it all uh, for the sake of his new agenda? Well, that's that's a fair, and that's a very good question. I think what Noah did, he did what I call pick and choose theology. Uh, he never denounced Jesus Christ. He never denounced the Word of God. Um, he was solid on his belief that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. That Jesus died on the cross, and three days later rose bodily from the dead. He never, ever, ever, at least to us, articulated anything different. Uh, but, but in his pick and choose theology the moral con, um, component of our faith, he pretty much was starting to reject, which a lot of young people do. There's nothing, you and I both know, there's nothing unusual about a, a college Christian kid going off to college and the morality for a long time just disappears. Um, they don't denounce Christ, but they obviously become very worldly carnal, as we would say. And uh, so that's what we saw in Noah. He, had, he was picking and choosing his theology. Sure. And that is pretty uh, normal. There's a time, I think, that when, you know, when you're raising children and teaching them the scriptures, teaching them values and morals, um, they are, in a sense, mimicking you and uh, following alongside your teaching. But there comes a day when they fly the coop um, and leave the nest and they have to make the transition of making their relationship with Jesus Christ, their relationship. Amen. And, Amen. and that, and that's a, uh, that's a, a trying time. And especially in the world that we live in now, oh. because there are so many avenues where they can deviate so many opportunities to ruin their lives, uh, much more so than when we were children. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if you just look at all the lanes of different claims of truth coming at them, it's, it's astounding. It really is. It really is. Um, you know, the, one of the things these kids will say to you, uh, is we're spiritual, we're spiritual, but we're not belongers. So they don't belong to like a church. They don't affiliate with a church. Uh, and, and, and clearly Noah had gotten to that place. Clearly. Sure. Sure. And, uh, we are definitely in those times when many things are being questioned and challenged. Oh, yes. Well, listen, we're going to just take a brief uh, pause and then we shall be right back. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. 
So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -E and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. American spirit drives the most audacious experiment in the history of self-government. America Out Loud celebrates the American spirit every minute of every day. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both in the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. And welcome back to Unity Without Compromise with your host, Dr. Steve Latulip. You have been listening to a program with my special guest, Mark Westman. This air, by the way, shows uh, it appears at 12 and 5 uh, Eastern on Saturday and Sunday. And then it goes to podcast on Monday or Tuesday. And you also can read my weekly articles. They go to AmericaOutloud.com. Scroll down to our team and select Dr. Steve Latulip and you can read all the articles and reference all the prior podcasts. We've been discussing today the gut-wrenching, heartbreaking uh, feeling that parents experience whose children have been caught in the trap of the LGBTQIA movement. Mark Westman and his wife, Mary, actually experienced experienced uh, a victory. Can you believe that? An actual victory over this evil. And he has been sharing his story of how they actually won back their son, who surely would have been completely destroyed, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually, if they did failed to redeem him, but they didn't. And we've been talking about the struggles that they have gone through, the obstacles that he has been facing, and uh, it's not been an easy thing for them to do. So I'd like to invite Mark back. And uh, Mark, I would like to ask you this. If, was there one specific turning point for Noah when you, you feel like maybe uh, you finally reached him one day and caused him to change his mind. You mentioned the hormones were one aspect. Was there anything else? 
I think uh, there were several things, several things, actually. One was no one knew from Mary and I that he was loved. I think sometimes when parents get bad news, they kind of take a step back. We decided to take a step forward and we articulated to Noah very, very clearly that he was deeply loved by us. And, and I told him, and that was in the truest sense, not only the parental love, but because he's my brother in Christ, I said, I have agape love for you. And I kept articula articulating to him that agape is not a, a love that is based on feelings. It's a choice to love. And I told him I would love him and I chose to love him. And it didn't, didn't, nothing about my feelings came into that because I was choosing. And I think the key to understand agape love is choosing to love someone to do the greatest good in their life, according to God. And I kept emphasizing that to Noah. I said, I'm going to speak into your life. I'm going to do good in your life according to God. And that means, son, that sometimes you're not going to like what I have to say. But the greatest good I can do is do what God would do if he was speaking to you right now. And Jesus said a lot of things to people, uh, but they didn't like to hear. You know, one of the great theological truths is be careful drawing close to Jesus. You might not like what he has to say. And, uh, and I made that very clear to Noah that we were going to love him and speak truth into his life and do good in his life according to God. And we never compromised that, not one bit. We stood in the science, we stood in reason, we stood in conscience, and most importantly, we stood in the word of God. And I think, well, that, I was think that, that was really the ideal response. Yeah, I agree with that. It was an ideal response. Um, uh, but it's a very hard thing for parents to do because, oh, frankly, you yes. know, most parents, they get so upset that they, they just boot the child out of the house saying, come back when you're normal. And, of course, that will never happen. No. Um, no. And I, I, I remember when you told me that, I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's a, a hard thing to do. Everybody might want to talk about that agape love. You know, in, in the Greek language, there are four different words uh, mm -hmm. for describing different types of love. Three of those words, three of the four actually show up in the scriptures. One is yes. actually not in the scripture. But, um, but when you talk about that perfect, unconditional love, um, that is absolutely critical in raising children. If you have that unconditional love, it means that there's nothing that a child can do to cause you to turn your love away from them. And that's that, right. that, yeah, it's a message that needs to be heard. And all the more so when a child is going through a crisis, even if they don't recognize it as a crisis. And I think that was the critical uh, factor. How did um, Noah respond to that unconditional well, love between you well, and I think uh, that part, he responded very, very well to us. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't think Noah's ever doubted because we've made it very clear. I mean, there isn't a day that I don't tell my son, because our son still lives with us now, a uh, day that I don't leave out the, uh, on a, uh, every morning, I don't tell him I love him. Uh, one of the, th the other things that we did, uh, so you know this, is Mary and I, every morning, prayed that our prodigal son would come home. And th that was exactly the prayer I said every morning, uh, Lord, bring our prodigal home and, uh, and bring him home to you. 
And that was really important. And then, and then another thing that I did with him, Stephen, I think this is really important, is I explained to him my perspective. Uh, there's a, I, 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 it never really hit me hard, but there was a couple times where Noah just said, just, can't you just compromise a little bit, just a little bit. And, you know, to keep peace in the family, you know, you just want to, I don't know, maybe I can, but yeah, I really didn't give into that. I, you know, I started maybe taking a path that way, step that way. Then I just pulled back because as Jesus says, you got to stand in the truth. The truth will set you free. And I just started explaining to Noah um, why I was the way I was. And I'm like you, I come out of a science background. Like you, I come out of a theological background. And my epistemology just simply said I had to stand in biblical truth and scientific truth and do it lovingly, and but speak the truth into his life. And Absolutely. And, you know, you made a very good point there, and I don't even know if you realize it, but you said you, you explained to Noah how you felt about this whole thing from your mm-hmm. perspective. Absolutely. Um, so are you telling me that you did not berate your son with the scriptures? We did not. We did not hit him over the head with the Bible. Because again, he was raised in the church. I mean, he sat four years in my son, uh, uh, high school uh, 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 Sunday school class. So no one knows these scriptures. That's not a problem. But I had to remind him, just like you know, anybody who gets caught up in any sin, sometimes they need the gentle reminder of the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God in their lives to, re- to reinforce that truth in them. Because I believe that a true Christian will eventually do the right thing. They might struggle a lot to get there. They might have ups and downs and left and right turns. But a true Christian will eventually get to what I call the big R word. They will repent. And... Uh, and that doesn't mean, and I want to be very clear about this, Noah still struggles. And one of the things I spoke to Noah about in all of this, I said, Noah, understand something. You're feeling kind of like you're unique. You're not unique, son. You're not. Everybody struggles. And I kept re- reinforcing that. I said, look, your struggle is just different from my struggle, son. And it's different from one of the elders in the church, or it's different from your mom's struggle. Everybody struggles. And your struggle is this one. And you might be struggling with this for the rest of your life with these feelings, but that's okay to struggle with the feelings. It's not okay to act on the feelings. And uh, that seemed to make a lot of sense to it. Good. And that's a very excellent point to make. Um, You know, we all struggle. Uh, If you uh, go to uh, Roman chapter 14 we are we are told to receive one who is weak in the faith that's right not to disputes over doubtful things now you know depending on what the subject is depending on uh, what the struggle is every one of us is weak in some way you are my stronger brother and you are my weaker brother depending on the subject absolutely yeah, so I think that was a, another very critical point that you are communicating to your son that you do not expect him to be perfect. You don't oh, no. expect him to not have struggles, but you're saying there is a standard here. And 
actually, this is the opposite of, say, the term gay pride. Yeah, okay? When somebody says, you know, I, I, I want to be a sexual pervert and I'm proud of it. Uh, then there is a spiritual problem. But Absolutely. if I say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a theft, I, I'm a kleptomaniac and I'm struggling uh-huh. with this, or I'm struggling with alcohol or, or with something else. Yeah, amen. Well, you know, as long as you're struggling with it, right, then the, the struggle uh, is a battle that can be won. But when you suddenly take pride in that sin, then that is in essence a blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Because if you... Um, totally engage sin and you relish it and cherish it and pursue it, uh, that's called evil. And there is a price to be paid for evil. And again, and and I agree 100%, because one of the things I took Noah to is uh, Romans chapter seven, where Paul says, the good I want to do, I don't do, but the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. And he spells it out. But the problem is the flesh. The, the spirit is obviously redeemed. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things become new. And I kept reinforcing that. And no, I kept saying, look, son, you are new in Christ. You are. You've got to see yourself as God sees you. You're, you've got the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you've got to see this. And even though you're struggling in the flesh, the flesh is not redeemed on this side of creation. That is why the second return of Jesus comes. We get the new body, a body like his, that'll be free from this. So right now, we all struggle with something in the flesh. The old man, as the scripture calls it. And uh, I just reinforced that in him as well. I said, look, here's an apostle, son, uh, who spoke directly to Jesus Christ, got his revelation from the Lord. And he's saying, the evil I don't want to do, I keep on doing. And then he goes on, and I really uh, said to Noah, listen to the hope, though, Noah. The hope was what Jesus, what Paul says. He goes, who will save me from, from this body of sin and death? And he says, thank God for Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And I said, I said son, that's the key. That's the key. You got to start seeing yourself as new in Christ. Right. The and there, you're away. right. Yep, there is the victory. So let me ask you, did you, uh, or Mary, or both of you, did you really expect to have a victory with Noah? Um, and I mean, and how is Noah functioning now, by the way? Uh, Noah struggles, no doubt about it. Um, um, and uh, the hormone replacement really took a toll on him. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Can you just briefly describe how it took a toll on him? Just so um, people can understand. Well, I think we had the problem with uh, uh, breast enlargement. We had the problem with weight gain. We had the problem with mood swings. We had the problem where he just couldn't hardly function. And when we basically, when we got him back home from college, he was just a mess, an absolute mess. And that created other problems maybe for another program sometime. But like I say, I still think Noah, and I know he's told me that he still struggles with these feelings. And I tell him that's okay. All of us struggle. That's okay, son. The key is not to act on them. And the key is to overcome it and and to be like Jesus Christ. And because that's, the, you know, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. I keep, I keep throwing that at him all the time and right. uh, trying to reinforce in him, because I think that's where a lot of churches, in my opinion, fail. They don't emphasize to people who are struggling, you are new in Christ and you can repent. And the Holy Spirit working through the word of God can help you to become like Christ. 
because that's inevitably because that's the will of god for our lives you know everybody's looking for the will of god for their lives and you and i both know biblically speaking the will of god for every person on this planet is to come to faith in christ and then what become like jesus christ to the best of your ability Uh, yes and yes and uh and so and that's what we've been trying to uh, do with Noah. We really have good, been trying to do good. that. And, and you know, as a, just as a suggestion, because I, I have sure. led uh, some patients through this also. Yes. Um, if you notice that, you know, if you ever want to overcome something and master it, um, it's been said that if you teach it, then you actually become the best student because you learn the best by teaching. And, you you know, if, if, if Noah can win this battle and not regress, um, perhaps there could come a point in time where he will become a voice for truth for others who are struggling. And perhaps he will come out to expose the evil by just simply telling his story and saying, this is what happened to me. This is why. And if he is encouraged to possibly consider that, that will be so positively reinforcing for him and as well for many, many others, oh, because our kids are just, uh, you know, they're barraged with this all day long. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and you see that with people with various addictions who have come out of addictions. They're the exactly best people, right. you know, they're the best people to help other addicts is a former addict. So it's very good. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we really... And, you know, there was another thing on a, on a more of a philosophical level I did with Noah, and that was I said, Noah, you, you misunderstand. There's a great debate going on in our country. This is where all the debate ends up at, and it ends up with this. There are people in this world who think we're born good or at least neutral, but the Judeo-Christian worldview teaches, no, no one is good, no one in the whole world except God. And I said, that's, that's what the heart of the debate is. Um, is the human heart desperately wicked, needing transformation through the gospel, or are we good? And obviously, people on the progressive left end of that equation believe people are good. And if you just get government out of the way and let people do what they want to be, you know, society is going to be great. And I said, obviously, that doesn't work, son. Uh, the human heart is desperately wicked. I mean, just look on what's going on over in Ukraine right now and the terrible suffering that's coming from the human heart, because we always want to look to the outside to believe the problem is out there. But Jesus makes it very clear the problem is within the heart. For out of the heart, he says, comes adulteries and murders and lewdness and all the all the all the stuff the problem isn't out there it's really in the heart and the heart has to be transformed by the hope of the gospel it does indeed it does indeed um, if there's one message that i have conveyed on this show it is that we must get back to a true standard that does not fail us and that can only be the bible that oh, is what made america so great oh i mean and particularly these uncertain times uh, do we ever need to get back to some certainty? And the, the word of God is where that certainty is. We need, as Martin Luther said, an alien righteousness that comes out, something from outside of us that comes to us and shows us what's right and wrong and good and evil and light and dark. And, and that is, of course, all wrapped up in his son, Jesus Christ. And, you know, and, 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 you know, another thing we did for Noah, you know, I kept talking to Noah, uh, you know, that God did create male and female, uh, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And then, of course, I took him to Mark chapter 10. 
And in Mark chapter 10, I showed him where it literally, you know, you have the big discussion on divorce and, and, and Jesus says, you know, he goes to the beginning, God created them male and female. And then he goes on to talk about marriage and it uses, I love that text, Mark 10, one, uh, one through 10, because it not only does it say male and female, it says husband and wife, uh, all within that same dynamic. And so I reaffirmed that in him as well. And I, I think and that, that is so I, important. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I, I kept saying, look, it's, we all can have um, damage or different opinions, but you know, what trumps all of that is the word of God. And, um, and I was trying to get his heart and his mind steering back to the word of God. And we've had, and he, and it, we've had success. Uh, he ha, he's reading his Bible uh, now again, and he's coming out and asking me a lot of questions and, uh, and that's been good. And that, and, and let me just say uh, one of the most important things about this is through this struggle, and it has been a struggle, my son and I have actually gotten closer. That is wonderful to hear. And yeah. that is what it's supposed to be. Uh, when your children grow up, that's the time to become friends with your children. While they're yes. still in your home being nurtured, you need to be parents first and foremost, Amen. not your buddy to your children. Um, and Mark, it, it's obvious to me that you have been that way. And I commend you and Mary just greatly for the work you've done for your perseverance, your persistence, because those are extremely hard times. And, you know, I was going to actually ask you a question, uh, which I think you've answered. Mm. And uh, I, I was going to ask, where can people turn to for help? Well, can they turn to their doctors? No, in this day and age, no. they really can't. No. And it's really sad. Can they turn to counselors? No, because the counselors are probably getting told the same thing that the doctors, that if you don't encourage whatever the child wants to do, you know, you're somehow abusing the child. That's right. By telling them, no, you have male genitalia, so you are a male, your boy, get over it and help them over. It, okay. But, um, and, and even the church sometimes or for oh. a lot of people, the church oh, yeah. has failed miserably. And, um, there are many forms of spiritual abuse and they can certainly derive from the church. But let me just ask you this, Mark, yes. having been through the ordeal that you and Mary have been through, what, uh, what best advice do you actually have for other parents facing the same emotional trauma? And how can people intervene early to prevent a child from going down this dark path? What's your best advice for people? How to stop them from going down that dark path that I don't know, Steve, because there's so many voices coming at these kids. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. It is indeed. I, I would just say as a parent, keep your eyes wide open. And if you start to see some stuff that is disconcerting, start asking questions. Um, I think the most important thing that Mary and I did is we unified. That was very important because I've seen, and I've been through this with other people where the, where the kid is working the parents and the parents now start turning against each other. Mary and I unified and, you know, we were going to stand on good science. We're going to stand on biblical truth and we were not going to compromise, but we did it in love. We did it in acceptance. And we were very understanding because look, I've had my struggles. Steve, you've had yours. Mary's had hers. And I think if you 
really articulate. You stand strong, you don't compromise, and yet at the same time, you're very transparent. Uh, you don't have to go into a lot of details. I didn't, you know, my kids don't need to know all my sin, but the reality is I still made it very clear to Noah. I struggle. Everybody struggles, but the key exactly. is, is to repent, to repent. And, and then even though you're going to struggle, there is always victory. You can, oh, it's the prodigal son story. You can always come home. And that, that you know, we for, and that is very good advice. Mark. Oh, that's really. powerful. That's powerful. You can always come home. God, you know, it, people forget, you know, the father's not sitting over his arms crossed saying, when that son gets here, I'm going to give him a piece of mine. And I told you so people miss the point of the, the patriarch of the family pulls up his robes and he runs to his son and he wraps him in his arms. And, uh, you know, he says, get the robe. Well, what's the robe? But the robe is the best robe. Well, who's got the best robe? It's, it's the father's robe. He's wrapping his son in the righteousness of the father. He's get the ring. Of course, the ring of authority and sandals meant he was now restored back to the family. And then let's have a party. My son was once dead is now alive. And boy, did I share that with Noah. Oh, Good. did I share Good. that with Noah. And that about sums it all. Yes, that, it does. Really, that's good advice, Mark, and I appreciate it very much. You know, good folks, uh, you have been listening to the words of Mark Westman today. He is a church minister, a husband, and a father who, in collaboration with his supportive wife, succeeded in winning back his son by standing firm as godly parents who refused to compromise God's word. But he did it in love. He wasn't afraid to call out the sin of sexual perversion, while at the same time, always reassuring his son of his unconditional love for him. Now, that's the recipe for success in helping anyone escape the clutches of Satan, it, no matter what the web is. It's a very simple thing. Speak the truth in love. Now, certainly every child in America and everywhere is at risk in this propaganda war that mm. is competing for the hearts and minds of all our children. Mark, I want to thank you greatly for sharing your story today. You are truly an inspiration to those parents and grandparents whose children are victims of this evil work of darkness that is permeating America. Amen, Stephen. Thank you for this platform and, and thank you so much for what you're doing. You're standing in the truth as you always have. We go way back on that. And, you know, uh, thank you, Stephen. I love your My podcast. Pleasure. I love your articles. I hope everybody reads them because they are beautifully articulated and you always stand in the truth of the gospel. I appreciate that about you, dear brother. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Well, Americans need to understand that the principles of right and wrong can only be established by our creator. If we really think we're smarter and wiser than God, then pride will most surely be our downfall. And we need to remember that God is the sole source of our in alienable rights. God blessed America because we once followed him as a nation. We may very well choose to abandon the Bible standard, and God will allow us to do so. But if we choose to reject God and turn away from his standard, then we simply have no foundation beneath us to sustain our freedom. We will pay a very heavy price for that choice. Our disobedience 
Look at what it's doing. It will devour the elderly, the middle-aged, the children, and the wider path of destruction will continue to spread across our land until we are consumed. So if you cannot confront someone who says, I'm gay and I'm proud of it, and not share with them in a loving way that sexual perversion is called sin, then you have to be clear that you are not a warrior for Christ, and you don't really care about that person if you can't share that with them. You cannot be an ambassador for the Most High if you are silent or obliging of sin, and you might be living in the fear of Jesus saying even to you one day, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. See, it's important to choose our loyalties. We need to pick a side. You cannot serve God and serve any other master at the same time. You are going to have to pick one and reject the other. And now as America is declining, um, we need to make that choice. We have a demonic globalist movement that is consuming America very rapidly. And unless we change our minds about who God is, and that's called repentance, as Mark Westman said, and unless we establish a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are finished. We will very soon reap what we have sown. So it's very important to take a stand for your Christian faith and to actually be a Christian. Remember that the LGBT movement is a doctrine from hell. And all sexual perversion is rebellion against God and his wonderful plan for men and women. It's important to know what the Bible really says, and don't be ashamed of it. Don't be afraid to live by it. Your eternal destiny depends on it. Remember that we are saved through the blood of Christ by his grace and through our faith, just as the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. But please don't forget verses 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good work. And so let us be that. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip and my guest, Mark Westman. I hope you have a blessed week. I hope you live for Christ and make America great again through your good works. Until next time, adieu.